Pastor Jim Newsman, this is Truth in the Word on Biblical News Report Talk Radio. First day of May 2020, we're broadcasting you today from North Central, West Virginia. Going to continue on today in the book of John, the very last chapter, chapter 21. We've talked about the Lord and Savior being, being raised from the grave by the Spirit and the power of God appeared unto his disciples. Now we're going to talk about him appearing by the sea uh, while they went back fishing. Before we get into the word, let's pray. Father, we ask you to bless your word. Well, you said it won't come back void. We'll do what you sent it to do. We know nothing could be done today without your anointing, your guidance, and your power. And we ask you, Lord, to touch, heal, deliver, and set free, and save. In Jesus' holy and righteous name we pray. Amen and amen. John chapter 21, uh, great events have taken place right right before the disciples' eyes. We know that Mary Magdalene come and declared that Jesus was no longer in the grave. Uh, the second time she looked in, when she turned around, she thought a man standing there was a gardener, and, and, and lo and behold, it was uh, our Lord and Savior. And and he says, woman, why weepest thou? Whom seekest thou? So, actually, she was the first preacher. So, he, he appeared unto his disciples. Last account, we talked about Thomas's doubt and unbelief and how he believed when he touched the nail scars in his hand and the wounds in his side. So, today, we're going to talk about him appearing by the Sea of Tiberias. So, we start in chapter 21, verse 1. After these things, Jesus showed himself again to the disciples at the Sea of Tiberias, and on this wise showed himself. So we have him appearing again. This is the fourth appearance, fourth appearance, pardon me, of the Lord and Savior unto those around and about him. Verse 2. There were together Simon Peter and Thomas called Denimus, which means twin, and Nathaniel of Canaan and Galilee, and the sons of Zebedee, James and John, and two other of his disciples. Verse 3, Simon Peter said unto them, I go a fishing. In other words, he's going back to what he did before he was called. They say unto him, We also go with thee. They went forth and entered into the ship immediately, and that night they caught nothing. So here we have them returning back to their skill and their trade. They went they went back to fishing, and uh, but, but things are going to change here. Uh, this is all, of course, leading up to his ascension and and the day of Pentecost when he told him to go and gather in one place 
until you be endued with power from on high. This is the total plan of God. Jesus, the Bible says, was crucified from the foundation of the world. It was God's plan all along from the beginning. When Jesus, when the Lord uh, slew an animal and covered Adam and Eve in the garden, this was a type of salvation, the shedding of blood. The Bible says without the shedding of blood, there is no remission of sin. Man's problem has and always will be sin. We were born with a sin nature. Nobody was born saved. Nobody was born redeemed. We are not. We were not born actually sons of God. We were born sons of Adam. And it takes Jesus Christ and the blood of Jesus Christ to make us sons of God. Yes, we were all created in his image. But because of the fall, we were born flawed. The Bible declares we have a sin nature. And even in a child, you can see that rebellion rise up. When you tell a child not to do something when they're younger, then they'll go ahead and probably do it. So so me and you, we need a Savior. And the only way to be reconciled to God is through the Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. That's the only way. The only way. One way to God, and that's Jesus Christ. The Bible calls this way a narrow way. The Bible says there's a wide way that leadeth to destruction. Okay, verse uh, 4. But when the morning was now come, joy comes in the morning, (laughs) Jesus stood on the shore, but the disciples knew not that it was Jesus. So he stood on the shore. They're wondering, you know, who who is this standing on the shore? So uh, one reason was because they were were probably... uh, uh, weighted down by the cares of this life. You know, they were thinking, well, things aren't really going to change, even after he appeared unto them. And um, they they went back to what they did. So sometimes, men, the Bible says don't be tossed to and fro by every wind of doctrine. Um, you know, it's the cares of this life, the Bible declared when Jesus talked about the uh, the parable of sowing and reaping. It's the cares of this life that allow the seed of God to be choked out of our lives. And we're living in a time when people have a lot of cares. The Bible says we're living in the days where men's hearts are failing what they see coming on the face of this earth. We're living in the peerless times that Paul told Timothy about. And we're peerless means fierce times. In other words, uh, when things could be difficult and are difficult at times. Jesus said, in this world you will have what tribulation, but be of what good cheer, for I have overcome the world. So sometimes we go through a place of dullness. And Paul told Timothy, he said, stir up the gift of God that's on the inside of you. Jesus said, and God said, I change not. I am Alpha. He says in what book? Revelation. I am Alpha, Omega, beginning and ending, first and last, and I change not. What he said will come to pass. If he said in his word that I'll never leave you nor forsake you, then he will not leave you nor forsake you. Let every man be a liar, but let God the truth. Verse 5. Then saith unto them 
In my Bible written in red means Jesus speaking. Children, have you any meat? Children. The Bible says that the blood of Jesus Christ makes us sons and daughters of God. Once again, the reconciliation point. The the one that took the hand of God and the hand of man and placed it in the hand of God was what? Was who? Jesus Christ. So So he said, have you any meat? So this was meant to draw them. When when he speaks, the Bible says where the spirit of the Lord is, that there's liberty. That's why it's so important today that when we gather together and when we um, uh, are worshiping and praising God, when we are doing it on a personal level, that the spirit of God be allowed to take precedence. Because the Bible says where the spirit of the Lord is, there's liberty. Things happen when the Holy Ghost comes around. Things happen when the Spirit of God prevails in the midst of men, and and, and man throw aside flesh, throw aside their doctrines, their isms, and their schisms, and allow the Spirit of God to have precedence in their life. There's wisdom in the Spirit of God. There's comfort in the Spirit of God. There's knowledge and teaching in the Spirit of God. There's guidance in the Spirit of God. The Bible says he he orders our footsteps. And all things work to good for those that love him or call according to his purpose. All things are done by the Spirit. For the Spirit is, there is liberty. He was drawing them. When he spoke, I'm sure it had, had an effect on them. Verse 6, and he said unto them, cast the net on the right side of the ship, and ye shall find the right side. Okay. They cast, therefore, and now they were not able to draw it for the multitude of fishes. What did Jesus say to Peter? He said, come, and I will make you what? Fishermen or fishers of men. Of men, and this is what we don't have any account of 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 Peter and them ever going back to the boats after the day of Pentecost. The New Testament church was birthed, and we have these men and these people proclaim that these are the men that turned the world upside down. Now, that's supposed to have and he, God has a church. But that same spirit of Pentecost, that same outpouring should be taking place today. And it will. Joel said in the last days, I will pour out of my spirit upon all flesh. Peter repeated that in his Pentecostal message. These men are not drunken as seem, but this was this is what was prophesied by the prophet Joel, that in the last days, and we're living in them, I will pour out of my spirit upon all flesh. Then we'll explain, sons and daughters shall prophesy, old men shall have dreams, young men shall have visions. Upon my handmaidens, in other words, upon every member of the body of Christ, nobody is excluded. Nobody is left out. And the Bible says, 
they cast that net, and they were not able to draw it out. In other words, it was so heavy, so heavy. So this appearance of Christ and him telling them what to do, he gave them direction. He said the right side of the ship. Well, by the way, that's where he sits by the Father's right hand. Is the right right side. The Bible declares that God said unto the Son, "Set by my right hand until I make your enemies your footstool." Listen to me. Jesus is coming. Things are wrapping up. I don't know the day or the hour. This is going. I don't know what day. But I know what the Bible says. And I know the Bible says when you see these things come to pass, what's coming to pass right now? Is the world not in chaos? You watch the news, okay, if you can stand to watch the news. You watch the news, and they're speaking, and at the bottom is a ticker. In other words, you're getting what they're saying plus all these these uh, these headlines and what's going on in the world. And, and we're looking up what they're saying, and we're looking down at the bottom. And man, the world is crazy. The world is crazy. The Bible says that they will cry, peace, peace, the sudden destruction. Listen to me this morning. There will be no peace until the Prince of Peace comes back. Isaiah says, and they shall beat their swords into plowshares and study War no more. When Jesus Christ comes back to this earth, when the Bible says, I've said it many, many times, and the Bible proves it out, that he will come back to rule and to reign from Jerusalem with a rod of iron, beginning with a thousand-year millennial reign, then after Satan's last rebellion is put down, then eternity he'll be ruling with a theocracy, not a democracy, not socialism, not communism, but a theocracy. He will rule and reign, and the scepter shall not depart from the tribe of Judah. So here we have Christ showing up and addressing the problem of lack of no fish, of no fish. And he tells them, cast your net on the right side of the ship. And they were obedient. Okay. So does not the maker... The Bible says all things were made by him, Jesus Christ, and for him. Does not the maker and the creator of the universe know where every fish is? The Bible says there's not a sparrow that falls that he doesn't know about. And how much more is he mindful of me and you this morning? How much more? So he's addressing here a problem, the problem of lack. The problem of, well, going through... The motions. Listen, direction comes from the Holy Ghost. In the, in our in in our in, in our evangelistic endeavors, we need to cast our nets where the Lord says cast our nets. We need guidance from God. The New Testament church relied on prayer, prayer, and God moved him and motivated him in the direction that He wanted them to go. He has a plan for the last days church, not a different church. The same church established in Jerusalem at the day of Pentecost is still alive and well today under many guidelines, many names, many denominations. I know all this, but still it's the church. It's one church, one Lord, and one baptism. And it's the church of the Lord and Savior Jesus Christ, purchased by his blood by which he is the chief cornerstone, the Bible declares. So he's meeting all their needs here. 
and there's also a, a spiritual connotation here is, is that we're, if we don't know where to cast our nets, he'll tell us. In other words, we need to cast our nets where he tells us to. Okay, verse 7. Therefore that disciple whom Jesus loved, which would be John, said unto Peter, it is the Lord. Notice the recognition after they obeyed. The recognition after they obeyed. Listen to me. Samuel said to Saul, obedience is better than sacrifice. Disobedience brings darkness. Constant disobedience brings gross darkness. It's a slow fade. Once somebody disobeys, it's easier for them to do it next time. But obedience brings light, brings revelation, brings hope, brings comfort. Obedience to the word of God. Obedience to the cause of Jesus Christ. Therefore, that disciple who, who Jesus loved said unto Peter, It is the Lord. Now, when Simon Peter heard that it was the Lord, he gave his fisher's coat unto him, for he was naked and did cast himself into the sea. He did cast himself into the sea. The Song of Solomon says, Draw me, Lord, and I will come running after you. What draws? Can a man or woman, boy or girl, get saved anytime they want to? No. The Spirit of God has to draw them. Genesis, the book of Genesis says that my spirit will always strive with man. The more people reject Christ and God's plan, and the further away they get from salvation, the easier it is to do. God says in his word, he says, because they refuse to retain me in the knowledge, I will allow or send them strong delusion. Strong delusion. Rejection of Jesus Christ is a very dangerous dangerous thing if he's dealing with you if the spirit of God is dealing with you then I recommend this morning that you yield and certainly for your betterment certainly for your good but you do not cast off Christ people make choices every day choose you this day whom you will serve who are you going to serve today well I'm, I'm, I'm neutral nobody's neutral you're either on one side or you're on the other. There's no, there's no in-between. The prophet said, how long will you be halted between two opinions? The Bible says if you're in-between, you're lukewarm. And if you're lukewarm, he will cast you out of his mouth. That word cast means regurgitate. So Peter become excited and Come running after the Lord. Draw me, Lord, I will come running after you. Verse 8. And the other disciples came in a little ship, for they had not far from land, but as it were two, 200 cubits, dragging the net with the fishes, with the catch, with, with the increase. Verse 9. As soon then as they were come to the land, they saw a fire of coals, and fish laid there on in bread. Wasn't their fish. Okay. And Jesus said unto them. So here, here we have a miracle. Okay. Which they had seen before. Remember the fishes and the loaves? Whereby he gathered up 
fed everybody and still and still gathered up twelve fragments or baskets of leftovers. Verse ten. Jesus said unto them, Bring of the fish that you have caught. So the the fish that Jesus was cooking did not come from what they had caught. It was not supplied by them. The Bible doesn't say anything about him going out in the water and getting any fish or catching any fish. <laughs> He's the creator and do anything. Okay? Okay. Fish are nothing for him. Verse 11. Simon Peter went up and drew, drew the net to the land full of great fishes. A hundred and fifty and three, for all there were so many, yet was not the net broken. In other words, the net were beyond capacity. When 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 we think we can't stand the strain of things in our lives, then there listen to me this morning, there's supernatural strength available. Matter of fact, we need to live. Supernatural. I'm not talking about all crazy and running around. I'm talking about our trust in God. Our trust in the finished work of Jesus Christ will supernaturally strengthen us. He said, I am that I am. I'm Alpha and Omega, the beginning and the ending, first and last. He's the God man. He says, by the Father's right hand right now, making intercession for me and you. As crazy and as chaotic as the world looks. In control. The throne room of God is not in a panic mode. Things are running well. The cherubims are still flying around the throne of God, crying, Holy, holy, holy. The Son of God sits by the Father's right hand, making intercession for me and for you. And there's an appointed hour and appointed day. There's an appointed hour and appointed day for man. The Bible says a man uh, will die at an appointed time and then be judged. This is all going to come to an end at the appointed time. Everything is on God's timetable. He's not he he's not controlled by time, but he but he does control time. And as we see things coming to pass, we'll say it again. Look up for thy redemption, draw nigh. Verse twelve. Here's an, here's an invitation that's still offered today. Listen. Jesus said unto them, three words in my Bible when read, come and dine. The song says, come and dine, the master calls, come and dine. You can eat at Jesus' table any time. Water, bread, and the wine, it, it's available. Come unto me, eat are heavy laden and labor, and I will give you rest. Psalmist David said he prepared the table for me in the presence, my Lord, of my enemies. He makes a way where there is no way. Thank God today for strength. Thank God today for power in the Holy Ghost. We need to get back to know that he's our source. For I shall meet all of your needs, he says, according to my riches in glory. I would that you'd prosper and be in health even as your soul prospers. Now, prosperity means every facet and phase of your life, just not money. 
Everything's not about money. Money's going to pass away. The Bible says the love of it is the root of all evil. Not the money itself. Everybody needs money, but the love of it. When people seek it, all these things are going to pass away. But he said, I would, or it's my will, that you prosper and be in health. And then he adds this, even as your soul prospers. can't take money with you. But he'll meet every need. He is your way maker today. He provides, just as he provided the fish. Now he's giving an invitation, come and dine. And none of the disciples durst ask him, who art thou? Knowing that it was the Lord, a confidence. He called, and they didn't have any problem. Any problem. So they were eating. Listen, this happens at the beginning of day, at daybreak. So they're eating the morning meal. The morning meal is called breakfast. Or if you break it down, break hyphen fast or break your fast. So a time, the song says, joy comes in the morning. So enter into the joys of the Lord from this world of sorrow and trouble. Experience. This is what he's offering, the fullness of God. It's just not about fish and bread. This is about an invitation. Come and dine, the master calls. Come and dine. Listen, you can eat at Jesus' table anytime the Bible declares but after the rapture of the church, there comes the marriage supper of the Lamb. Well, we'll be at a giant supper, a grand supper, and Jesus himself will be the server. Enter in, my good and my faithful servant, to the joys of the Lord. The old song says, what a day, glorious day that will be. When he takes me by the hand, Wow. And leads me through the promised land. What a day, glorious day that will be when he takes me by the hand. <laughs> we have arrived at that point. We have we have reached the ultimate. The Bible declares in the land the song says, teardrops. will never stain the streets of this city. No reef of death on my mansion's door. That's the truth. For he wipes away every tear. Death and sorrow will be passed. He says, enter in, my good and faithful servant, into the joys of the Lord, eye has not seen and ear has not heard what God has prepared for those that love him and are called according to his purpose. We can't go back. We can't let up. Press, as Paul said, toward the high mark of the high calling, which is in Christ Jesus. Now listen. They didn't ask who art thou, knowing it was the Lord. 
invitation, come and die. That invitation holds today. Come and die. Come and experience Jesus. Call out on his name. Confess him today. Believe who he is and what he is. Repent of your sins. Call upon the name of the Lord. And the Bible said you shall be delivered and shall be set free. This is the hour. This is the time. This is the space. We're still living in in the age of, of grace and mercy. <clears throat> Nothing you can do religiously can save you. It's total faith in Jesus Christ and his finished work at the cross. That's what gets it done. <clears throat> Excuse me. Verse 13. Jesus then cometh and taketh bread. <laughs> He's always doing that, isn't he? Always feeding people. And giveth them and fish likewise. Who's doing the service? This is a type of the Mary Supper of the Lamb. A type. And what he's going to do when the when 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 the millions are going to be gathered around. And the Bible says all in white, with a robe of righteousness, not provided by us, but provided by him. Because he is our righteousness. The Bible declares our righteousness with filthy rags. He gives the bread and giveth him fish likewise. Verse fourteen. This is now the third time that Jesus showed himself to his disciples after that he had risen. From the dead, but it was said for the fourth time. I might have read that wrong, but the Bible says the third time that Jesus showed Himself to His disciples after He was risen from the dead. The risen Christ now. The risen Christ. The risen Christ. Feeding. Giving an invitation. You notice when he come out of the grave, he just didn't go up. He spent time preparing, getting him ready, stirring up. And he told him in the book of Acts, go and wait in one mind and one accord until you be endued with power from on high. So do you know this man today that showed up on the seashore that day? And as I said before, I think the three most important words in this broadcast is come and dine. The master calls, come and dine. An invitation. An invitation that you can respond to today, this morning. Respond to as soon as you can. <clears throat> the Bible says, for today is the day of salvation. Every man makes a choice. When I say man, I mean man, woman, man, women, boys, and girls. Everybody makes a choice. Have you chosen Jesus? Everything's in his hands. As a child, we sang the song, he's got the whole world in his hands. He's got the little bitty baby in his hands. He's got everything and everybody in his hands. All creation's in his hands. He's in control. Get your eyes off the chaos. I know it's hard. Get your eyes on Jesus Christ today, the author and the finisher of your faith. He says, I'll meet all of my needs, all of your needs. That's just not money. You're not going to find currency in heaven or banks or bankers or stock markets. Every good thing the Bible says, comes down from the Father of lights. 
Do you know Jesus Christ today? Come and die. Are you hungry or are you thirsty? I'm not talking about physically, spiritually. There's a void in your life this morning that you know needs to be filled. There's only one that can do that. Don't be disillusioned by people and situations and circumstances. Get your eyes on Jesus Christ today. Call on his name. No other name under heaven can a man be saved except it be through the name of Jesus Christ and his finished work. He was the sacrificial lamb that takes away the sin of the world. John the Baptist declared that. Do you know him today? Call on him. Seek him while he may be found. Humble yourself before God. And the Bible says in due time you'll be exalted. Put it off. Don't put it off. In closing today, the Bible says that me and you are spiritual beings, but we're eternal. We've got a body that fades. The Bible calls it this blade of grass as a wave tossed in the ocean. Here today and going tomorrow. But the inner man, the eternal spirit that God has put in every man, will live forever somewhere in a constant state of mind. I've heard people say, that, well, we just die and that's it. No, no. That's not what the Bible teaches. The Bible teaches eternity for men. Daniel said some were raised to everlasting glory and some were raised to, to destruction and mayhem. But there's a resurrection for both. The Bible declares that. There's two judgments. The judgment seat of Christ, the beam of seat where the Christians will be at, and the white throne which the non-Christians will be at. Where the words will be spoken, depart from me, ye workers of iniquity, I knew you not. Do you know him today? Please don't turn him away. Precious Heavenly Father, we thank you, Lord, for your word. We thank you today that your spirit is going forth, and your spirit deals and touches. We ask you, Lord, to save souls today. Let the light come on. Heal bodies. God, heal chronic illnesses today. Give people strength today. Many are sitting today and said, just too much against me. Just too much going on. Lord, nudge them today of your spirit and give them comfort. And let them know that, 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 that you hold life in your hands. Let them declare the words that I shall live and not die, but declare the works of the Lord. Reading your word, you give us a Zoe life, which is a God kind of life. Having nothing to do with the natural, but everything to do with the supernatural. And we ask you, Lord, in Jesus' name, that you would save souls, you would heal bodies, that you would touch minds and spirits today, the troubled mind that you was chastised for, deliver from oppression and depression, break addictions, chronic illnesses, Father, heal heart disease, heal the organs and bodies, Lord, today, heal sugar diabetes, arthritis, crippling diseases, infirmities, which you said you're touched by. Heal, bring miracles. Lord, the churches aren't full right now, but we can hear testimonies that God touched me, Jesus touched me in my home and healed me without a man not even being near me. He says, not by power, not by might, Lord. You said, by your spirit. We believe that today. It's all about your work, all about you, 
It's all about the people you want to touch. Minister to them today. In the name of Jesus, we pray. Amen. And amen. Trust God. Trust God. Call upon the name of the Lord. Come and dine. The Master calls. Come and dine. God bless till next time. Lord is my shepherd, I shall not want. Make it me to lie down in green pasture. Leave me beside the waters of rest. He restores my soul. Though I walk through the valley, thou art with me. Thou preparest me.